For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 236 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And, uh, Star Wars. Oh, no, man, Star Wars. We're going to talk about it. Got a couple of things to talk about. One thing, not great, but it could be worse. And one, pretty awesome. Looking forward to it. I am, uh, I'm sick again, so that's awesome. Uh, it's great great been a great week at the burkhart mcgarity household just crap crap i'm sick dharma's sick had to take oh, no. her to the vet yesterday 300 and something dollars later she's on some medicine googly moogly it's been a couple of days my friend it's what it sounds like so before we get talking about all the star wars goings on let me give you guys a little bit of business a little sick business i hope you guys are down with the sickness you can like us on facebook at facebook.com you can email us voice messages and just regular ass old emails at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter twitch and instagram at blueharvestpod we have a newly launched youtube page that you can check out just search for blue harvest a star wars podcast um Hopefully, eventually, we have uh, like a URL or a channel URL that we can make that a lot easier. And uh, go over and subscribe and check it out. We're going to be posting some stuff up over there. And, you know, just little things to uh, compliment the podcast and things like that. We'll see how it goes. Um, and if you really want to support us, if you dig this goofy-ass little show, you can support us for little as $3 a month over at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And when you support us, you get all kinds of cool Star Wars Blue Harvest bonus shows. Uh, shows like Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel. There's a new episode of that up. Star Wars Adventures with a big group of our friends. There's a new episode of that up fairly recently. Oh no, it's Hall Solo, Jaws, Cooking with Will, Masters of Harvest, Kasi, 
Podula Rasa. Um, Steve versus the prequels. Did you say Jaws? Jaws. I think I did, but it bears you repeating. Probably, you probably did. And uh, some other stuff coming, too. So go ahead. Like I said, check that out. Blue Harvest. Ugh, sorry, guys. Patreon.com slash <laughs> Blue Harvest Podcast for all your Blue Harvest support needs. I love the concepts behind Oh No, It's Haas Solo and um, Jaws. I think those are brilliant namings for exactly what they are. Yeah, I'm I'm particularly proud of, honestly, a lot of the names of our bonus COD tip. To be honest, I think there's some pretty... Uh, creatively named things i have to say not all not all my doing i did come up with jaws uh with jesse we were trying to come up with a name and i was like i got it that's pretty good and then uh oh no it's all solo that was me too but everything else like masters of harvest Cossie, that was king tom Podula rasa that's emily uh, so uh yeah go check those out um here in the next couple of weeks, I might put together a little like uh, demo disc preview of some of our Patreon content, little clips and stuff that I'll pull up on the f- the fee- free feed. It'll be like a smorgasbord, yeah, a little smorgasbord teaser of what you guys can get over there. Just got to find the time and uh, and whatnot. So, how has your week been, buddy? Uh, the weather's been crazy, but it's been a good week. I can't complain. What kind of weather are you guys getting over there? Just cold? It was, it was hot and rainy, and then it got cold and rainy, and then freezing, and now it's just slightly cold. Dude. I'm afraid it's going to turn back hot. So, I think that has something to do with why I'm sick. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, maybe I just caught a bug. It's probably exactly what happened. But, like, so, you know, I had Monday off. It was a it was a public holiday. And I'm staying home, and I'm uh, playing some video games on the couch. And Jesse says, "Oh no!" And I was like, "What's wrong?" She says, "I don't want to speak it into existence." And I'm like, "No, really, what's wrong?" She goes, uh, "I've got a like a scratchy throat today. I'm afraid I'm getting sick again." And I was like, "No, you're not getting sick. Just well, some sinus drainage." Yeah. Well, guess who started getting a scratchy throat by? monday evening oh my goodness that was me and i was like oh this is just me being a fucking weirdo like i'm just imagining it because jesse said she was getting sick and i got right my anxiety was like no you're gonna get sick how you doing boy you gonna get sick that's what my sick anxiety. Of the dog. You better get some vitamin c buy some orange juice now so i uh go to bed that night wake up tuesday morning and i'm like oh yeah my throat hurts but that seems to be all it was you know what i mean yeah. I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Just maybe a little scratchy throat. And I was thinking, oh, it's because it literally dropped like 30 degrees, 40 degrees in the past couple of days. It's just the right. the massive um, weather change. Well, Tuesday, take my ass out to work, drive around all day in 20 degree weather. Look, I know some of you guys are listening are like, 20 degrees? That's not that cold. <laughs> that's That's cold for us down here. We live in South Dakota, where it's yeah. minus forty. Yeah, I I have to fucking blow the the Yeti to get out my door every morning. 
Wow, I thought you were gonna say below the driveway off or the sidewalk. But no, no. You know that's not how we we roll it's around. It's not here. how we roll here. Um, so driving around cold all day, get home feeling miserable. You know what I mean? Just being out in the cold all day. Wake up Wednesday, yesterday, full blown sick, sniffles, coughing. Goodness. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. I hope I kick this pretty quick because we have a trip next weekend and I do not want to be sick for that. Yeah. Um, we got a chance to play some Battlefront last Saturday. That was nice. A rare, enjoyable <coughs> round. Yeah, played a little, uh, not a little, we played quite a few matches of uh, old Starfighter Assault. Such a fucking fun mode. Right. Where we both were in the leaderboards. Dude, I got a round in pilot and old slave one. It was Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Tight. I was on like a 32 kill streak or something. Uh, man, I, I would really like to see. Oh, yes. Thank you. Jesse just brought me cough drops. Oh, nice. That's um, a good. <clears throat> um, the uh, I would like to see some of the sites that maybe didn't review Battlefront 2 so well when it first released come out and do like a re-review of it in a its report current card state. of how it's been doing since you know because it's a it's a completely different game and it is so good I'm Agreed. not gonna try and act holier than thou or cooler than cool and say I didn't enjoy it when it first came out because I did. I feel like I was uh, the rare exception that tried to take up for that game in some regards. Obviously, the microtransaction stuff was uh, excessive and whatnot. But where it's at now, it is so good. So many different modes, different heroes, different uh, units, customization options, so much cool stuff. I had a lot of criticism about the game, very specific. Um that I, I think they, they heard, you know, not from me specifically, but from the people, and they tried to attend to. Um, to me, one of the flawed designs is, like, the the scant uh, unlockable attachments for the blasters and how how much it took to unlock yeah. each, each thing. You know, like, and I just say this from playing other, even Battlefield, you know, it took me a while to unload unlock battlefield attachments but that once you get going they come pretty quick like you know 200 kills to unlock this one thing for a blaster and then you got to move on to the next blaster that's and really coming back to it that's my only really gripe is that yeah i also see why that could be kind of tough because whereas with like battlefield or call of duty you're working from like real life weaponry and attachments and stuff and I agree, and I see I see why that's hard to do, but I think that level of detail and minutia could benefit Star Wars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if it doesn't all have to be canon, you know, like yeah, I, I don't I don't need the stabilizers and whatever the gum parts to be official, right? Um, but regardless, if if you're listening and you you still have a copy of Battlefront Two and haven't checked it out in a while, I highly recommend it. It's a good it's time. a good time. I agree, Maybe especially we'll when you got friends to play with. That's what I was about to say. Maybe we'll try to organize some kind of uh, Blue Harvest 
group community play. Uh, play date. Some Saturday evening or something. That could, that could be a lot of fun. If you're interested in that, hit us up. It'll be Xbox One. Unfortunately, that's the uh, that's the only platform Will and I both have it for. So, but I still think we could cast a pretty big net and get some people to play with us on the old X Bone. You would think. So, uh, let's do the bad news first. Um, so we recorded last Thursday. I have a feeling that I know what it is. Excitement in the air. You know what I mean? A buzz. A buzz. Taika Waititi. Ooh, is he going to do a Star Wars? Maybe. Um, you know, all kinds of excitement in the air. And the fake news about who's going to show up in Mandalorian oh, Season 2. Jesus. Everyone um, from Iden Versio to Grand Mary Admiral Jade Thrawn. And Grand Admiral Thrawn and Jason Solo. and uh, Ridiculous. Anyways, uh, then Friday, I get up and... There is a little bit of like buzz going around on Twitter that um, something's going on with Obi Wan, the Obi Wan series, right? Yeah. And then reports start coming out that it's just straight up canceled. And buddy, I am bummed because you know we're really looking forward to that one over here at uh, Blue Harvest. Yeah, because you know, and I was bummed too, but I was kind of in disbelief. I was like. You're telling me you and McGregor sat on this thing for like four or more years and now it's canceled? Like, that's some dirty shit. That's dirty shit. And then you see, you know, sort of the dog piling on Disney and Lucasfilm. I'm going to join the fandom menace. That's it. This is the last straw. Well, then entertainment reporters started doing some digging and came back with, it's not canceled. Whew, sign of relief, sigh of relief, right? Oh, that's nice to hear. Cut to today. Literally like an hour ago. Maybe two. Uh, reports start coming out with further information about what's going on. And Obi-Wan is not canceled. But it is apparently and appears to be uh, on hold. While they rework the scripts. And get it into a place that everybody's happy. Ewan McGregor still attached. In fact, last week people reached out to him and his representatives. And he said, no, I'm still committed to doing the OE1 series. Uh, Deborah Chow still attached to direct. So it's seemingly still going on, but it's being reworked. Um which, Sounds like someone hit the brakes to make sure the story was going to be tip-top, which is precisely what we need to be doing. Yeah, and and I I realize that, like, man, some people just, it's like a fucking Star Wars mosh pit out there. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, it is. Once. The, one little inkling of bad news comes out, and it is time to open up this fucking pit. <laughs> Like it's Ozfest '99 up in this bitch. Start you know what I'm throwing saying? uppercuts and haymakers all across. We're open the place. up the wall of death. I I chipped a tooth and lost a crutch in a wall of death once. This is the last time that was ever on the floor for a concert. Oh my god. Mm. So, um, I I think, you know, if this leads to a show of Mandalorian quality. 
then whatever bumps in the road need to be smoothed out ahead of time. Uh, I'm not as concerned with when we get Obi-Wan, just that we get Obi-Wan and that it's really good when we do get it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, it, it's hard to say clearly. It's hard to say because I just want a, 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 a couple of years. Even I would even take like a year or even six months of just fucking smooth sailing for star wars you know what i mean Calm the year seas. of star wars hype yeah man like and we always compare it to marvel but you know all the hype that was around infinity war and right after like that was mega buzz yeah and then Endgame, like and i know you know th- those are the 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 movies for star wars right and this is the thing like I'm just glad that we didn't get into a situation like a solo type situation, right? Where they were filming this mo- this show and then halfway through production, they were like, this shit ain't working. We got to fire everybody <laughs> and redo this whole thing. Like at least they got got to it before that. And, you know, if that requires a delay in production. So it sounds like from what I can gather from what's been coming out today, and I'll pull up a Hollywood reporter, Hollywood reporter article here in a second. And, um, and we'll go over some of the details from that, but basically it sounds like they weren't happy with the scripts that were being developed and that writer's out. They're seeking a new writer. The episode count may go from six to four, once again, dealing with a miniseries, that's fine. Like, don't try to stretch it out. I don't need Daredevil on Netflix that was too many episodes, you know? Yeah. Or any of those Netflix Marvel series that seemed like they drug on just a tiny bit too long. However many episodes you need to tell us a badass Obi-Wan Kenobi story in between three and four, just do that. I don't care four episodes five episodes six episodes three episodes whatever it takes i'm i'm selfish so i want more than less but the end product is what matters right right and it sounds like they were in the midst of pre-production for the show and when they decided to toss out these scripts and retool them and get things back on track people that were in uh Working on the pre-production stuff, we're told, hey, like, we're taking a break while we get this figured out. And then that's probably where all of the rumors of it being canceled and the sky is falling stuff came from. Which you can kind of understand. If you've got a job working on Star Wars. And they were just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Fuck it. We don't know when you're coming back. Right. Take the Star Wars element out of it. Just say, if you've got a job in general and they come to you and say, hey. We're putting this job on hold for a little while. Sorry about that. We got to let you go. You can understand some frustration and things like that, obviously. But here, let me pull up this uh, Hollywood Reporter article and see um, what they have to say. Not by the Brez. 
No, the Brez was one of the ones that came out last week and was like, I did some digging and it's not canceled. It, he even said last week in his thing that from what he could understand, a production delay led to all the panic. So he even said last week that there was a delay in production. It just seems like today we got more information. Uh, About what that delay actually was. <laughs> right. So this comes from The Hollywood Reporter. It says, Disney Plus and Lucasfilm's Star Wars series centered on Obi-Wan Kenobi has been put on hold as the companies attempt a retooling. Multiple sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. The effort in which Ewan McGregor is set to reprise his role of the famed Jedi Knight was in the throes of pre-production. The project had Hossein Amini, uh, the writer of that movie Drive from a few years back, writing... Mm -hmm. um, and a director in Deborah Chow, who became the first ever female Star Wars director, thanks to her work on Disney's Plus, Disney Plus's buzzy series, The Mandalorian. Sources say that the show was even screen testing actors opposite McGregor. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that the scripts, only two were written, and story became an issue and that the entire package has been jettisoned. Lucasfilm is now on the hunt for a new writer to pin the series. At the same time, sources say the project is be being reconfigured from six episodes to four. It is unclear when the show will ramp up again, although insiders stress that McGregor remains attached to Star and Chow remains on as director. Disney had no comment. But that those two pieces of information, to me, probably the most important. Deborah yeah. Chow still set to direct. Ewan McGregor still set to star. The light's still green. Um, one source said the Kenobi story trod, trod similar ground as the Mandalorian, seeing the Jedi Master lending a protective hand to a young Luke, perhaps mirroring how the Mandalorian took baby Yoda under his protective custody. So it could come down to maybe they felt like it was too similar of a story. Yeah. To the Mandalorian. And you could see that. You would, you, you know, may want to differenti differentiate. Your two Star Wars live action series a bit um, in that regard. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba, that's about it. That, the, the rest is like, you know, talking about how it was originally going to be a movie, Stephen Daldry, blah, 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 blah. So now there is an interesting sort of wrinkle to this. And it could um, sort of clue us into the workings of um, Lucasfilm, or maybe they were trying to pull some shenanigans, but I have maybe a personal theory about this that could be way off. But, you know, back in August, when they held D D23, when they announced this thing and brought Ewan McGregor out for it and stuff, they were saying on stage that the scripts were written for the series. And okay. it was a few months later when they announced Deborah Chow as the director that uh, I believe it was also in that announcement about the um, the guy that was writing the scripts. I kind of wonder if when they were talking, uh, I think it might have been a technicality at D23. And what I mean is when they say the scripts were written, I think they had a script uh, for the proposed obi-wan movie that they were going to adapt into a television series so mm -hmm. i think that's what they meant i don't think 
and, and I, I'm not saying that they, I'm saying they were being a little uh, loosey goosey with the terminology. Means they had two rough, two rough episodes sketched out, and like the stories are written, the scripts are written. I can say plural because there are two. Well, you know, depending on how the runtime for the episodes, it could have been four scripts worth of of move of TV series because you know the Mandalorian those weren't hour long episodes. Right. I mean, I was just saying, like you were saying, they were being generous. Right. Exactly. Um, and then if I had to guess, they brought the writer on to adapt that movie script or reconfigure that movie script into the series script things aren't working out they let him go looking for someone else you know um but hopefully they get on it another report that i was reading is saying that they're expecting or hoping that uh production ramps back up by this summer so Hmm. you know i don't necessarily think this is the most serious of delays um it probably, you know, in the long run, it probably just means we get uh, the Kenobi series later than originally they had planned. And since it's not, it's not like we had a, a release date for this thing, it, it doesn't necessarily affect us that much. And it's not like you and McGregor is going to get too old at some point. No, no, that, that's the thing. Like he's got plenty of years, like the, to to play that role. Yeah. So, um, when it comes down to it, I just want, uh, I just want the Obi-Wan series to be good. So, whatever they got to do, I guess. Just, but I don't know, man. Let's get the dog pile going. Let's fucking break out the prison shivs, toothpaste fucking filed down into a knife. Uh oh, they stopped production. This means it's going to be garbage. It's going to be terrible garbage. They're going to ruin Star Wars. George Lucas raped my childhood. Oh, my Lord. Uh, you want to talk about something a little more fun? Yeah. We got a Clone Wars trailer this week. We did. And, and boy, is it awesome. It's awesome, man. And we got... So, I can't remember where it came from. I think maybe it was like a... Sort of a preview package for stuff to coming to Disney+. Plus and the original date that everybody was tossing around for the return of Clone Wars was February 17th. And that wasn't far off, but according to this trailer that came out uh, yesterday, yeah, I think it was yesterday, uh, it's actually February 21st. So February 21st, pretty Which much... Is right around the corner. Yeah, a little under a month away at this point. Um, we're getting the return of the last season of Clone Wars. They do specify... In the trailer, the final season. Which makes sense. I mean, I kind of figured that was going on. But, you know, I also seen, have seen, like, a lot of people who... Clone Wars is like their ride or die. And there's nothing wrong with that. Clone Wars is awesome. But I've seen them saying, like, oh, well, maybe this is just the first of much more Clone Wars. And I get uh, that. It, you know, I mean, it would be cool. But, I mean, it seemed, the trailer made it seem pretty obvious it's going to be... Ahsoka and Darth Maul fo- focused, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, of course there was Obi Wan and Anakin in there as well. Anakin looks super pissed in a couple of different parts of that, and I really like that because I like seeing the flavor of his fall to the dark side. Because to me, it feels so immediate 
in Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. I really like that there's going to be some new canon with, you know, Anakin raging before that fall. Um, yeah, and there's some interesting things in the trailer. Um, so we knew going into this that the Siege of Mandalore storyline uh, was going to be one of the big storylines that was explored in this series. Uh, and that, you know, I believe it's been a little while, but I believe at this point Darth Maul is ruling over Mandalore. And that's what Ahsoka is going to do is help depose, dispose. What do you do to a king? Depose, I think dispose. was correct. Yep. Um, depose. Whatever it is. Take him off his fucking throne. Unseat uh, him from his throne. Um, and what's really interesting is in the years since the cancellation of Clone Wars, Dave Filoni has done several panels at Celebration and you know maybe even Comic-Con and stuff where he's talked about the unproduced arcs of the Clone Wars and sort of the plans they have. So we have at least a general idea for how this goes. And, you know, sort of the basis of it is the Jedi, like specifically, I believe, Obi-Wan and Anakin, are going to Mandalore to assist when they get the call that they have to come back to Coruscant real quick because Chancellor Palpatine has been abducted. So the Siege of Mandalore, which I assume is probably this you know the arc that's coming real close to the end maybe probably the very last arc of the clone wars um it butts up right against revenge of the sith and probably cl- crosses over with it a, a bit too i would not be surprised if we see uh the clones that are with ahsoka you know get the orders for order 66 oh wow and then there's also the storyline where like anakin's like yo i got to leave so I'm going to leave you my clone trooper battalion and then they take their helmets and sort of repaint them in like Ahsoka colors, like orange with like her like facial marking designs on it and stuff. And Rex is one of them. So that's, you know, that's also a really pretty, you got to give it to him a pretty clever way to explain why Rex isn't around during yeah. Revenge of the Sith. It is. Um, and then there's a couple other interesting hints. Um, uh, in there, like we see a shot of some Venators, which are like, you know, the Republic Star Destroyer type ships. Yeah. And they don't have the red and gray paint job that the Republic version do. They're all solid gray, which I'm pretty sure that signifies like post rise of the empire so we could be getting post revenge of the sith content to a certain degree i'm not expecting a lot of it but it'll be huh. interesting to see and then there's that shot of anakin and padme where Padme's very clearly pregnant and anakin doesn't find that out until revenge of the sith Unless he's just not checking out that hologram very clearly. I think that kind of signifies that maybe that Anakin segment takes place sometime during Revenge of the Sith. That's going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's some exciting things on the horizon as far as 
<clears throat> Clone Wars goes and it can its connection with everything. Uh, you also get a brief look at the fucking hot topic Mandalorians. You know the ones I'm talking about, like when Maul takes over Mandalore, like the Mandalorians that serve him, like put horns on their helmet. I guess I didn't see that part. Yeah, or you, I, I'm sure I saw it, but I didn't realize that's what that was. You kind of see one from behind, and they paint their fucking uh, uh, armor all red and black and shit. Um, Is Darth Maul always had the horns like on the side of his face at like the temples or the high cheekbones? Because I remember all the ones on the head, but when I was seeing him in the trailer in the animated one, I was like. Has he always had those side bones, like on the side of his head? It's a good question. Let me let me do a quick Google image search here. Um, yeah, I um, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of that design of the yeah, mall. Right, the, the, the Darth Maul animated well, no. design. No, I mean the. I was talking about the Maul Deloreans. Mandalorian. Yeah, like the Mandalorians. Yeah, he's got oh. those. He's got those temple horny horns. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. I guess oh. they just um aren't as prominent. Yeah, they're them. a little more understated in the movie. Uh, I actually like the animated design of Darth Maul quite a bit. Um, his neck seems so skinny, or his head is thin, or something. I don't know. It's I. You know, I think it's. Just the translation into that that style to me, of animation. Ray Park seemed beefier. Yeah. Then and that Darth Maul is very skinny. Now, granted, losing your legs may uh, and, thin you out a little bit. And you know, he didn't just lose his legs, bro. He lost I mean, from like you know, the belly button the, down. Yeah. So every. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he, who knows how he's staying nutritionified? Lo- losing your plumbing and. Everything. You know, he might just be drinking insure shakes and not knowing what the hell happens afterwards. We still don't know. I th- I still think that is the greatest mystery in Star Wars is how does Darth Maul go poo poo? It uh, it, there's like a trash compactor in there and it compresses it down into little cubes. And when he sleeps, like the, he just like there's these little cubes when he wakes up and he doesn't know what they are. Little droid comes up like a a tiny miniature little um like tiny, like the size of uh. I'm looking for something around the house. Like like a Wally, like a little bitty mm-hmm. Wally. No, I'm thinking miniature probe droid, right? Little okay. Man in a bathtub. Man yep. in a bathtub. And it comes up and it uses its little spider legs to grab the cubes and then just takes them and drops them in the trash. There you go. Like the size of like one of the big marbles. Tiny. <clears throat> we figured it out. Get us on the story group. We'll write that into the, the fucking Kenobi series somehow. Send us an email. Like, Kenobi will be sitting in his hut, and he'll, he'll open up that chest, right? That he keeps, uh, that fancy chest that he keeps uh, Anakin Saber in. And he'll, have a, he'll be like, man, Darth Maul, what a bitch. And, uh, and then another character that's hanging out with Obi-Wan for no apparent reason. We'll call him Balls Herkart. Um, he's like, yeah, I know, man, what a bitch. And then he'd be like, hey, let me ask you something. Uh, ben, how'd that dude go poo-poo? And then he'll be like, well, that is a story for another time that I'll tell you right now. And then, you know, he'll explain your little trash compactor method. Yeah. And that's how you get Darth Maul in the uh, Obi-Wan series. 
that's the worst way to put Darth Maul in the Obi Wan series. I'm telling you right now. Let's do you think that... they should put his death in there? Do you, no. you think they should film that scene where he shows up and gets his ass whooped? No, I don't. I don't. Because the Obi Wan in that the Obi Wan in that is like, scene is pretty old. It's, it's like well, it's it's. When is that supposed to be? How old is Luke supposed to be in that scene? It's like maybe a year or two before a new, a new hope. hope. Yeah. Okay. So there's yeah. no way they could show that. I mean, there may be some foreshadowing. Yeah, and then you would have to cast someone for Ezra, and then just Ezra would, sh- you know, like it's it's uh, it's a sticky wicket. Like it's one of those things where. If you're going to put Maul into Solo at the end of Solo, and if you're going to do an Obi-Wan story, kind of wish you hadn't gone that route in Rebels. Dude, they they pulled the trigger on some of these character decisions before they really had this like thing planned out. That's well, what sure. I'm saying. There's such a good idea to slow down, make sure the story is great. Right. Well, Because that's kind of, they've been moving at breakneck pace without getting the story unlocked in some of these things the the mall and solo thing that's 100 percent uh sort of a last minute decision they even talked about how there was this list of characters that it could possibly be in that scene and then they decide ron howard decided to go with mall so that was i mean i get it definitely but that just has such implications on right right the uh, stuff that he's already out there in um so uh I'm just saying, with our our little trash compactor idea, we can knock that series up from four episodes to five episodes. You really like that, don't you? I love it. Uh, and now he's I have stranded. Answers. He's stranded on the eye wherever he is. That's how he gets off of wherever that planet is. Him and Ahsoka dueled on, and uh, he, he the little droid makes they make a ship out of those cubes, like all oh. of them. Like he welds them together. Beautiful. Beautiful. Takes a long time. A long time. A long time. Um, you know, Ray Park did motion capture for Maul in this season of Clone Wars. Really? Yeah. That's really cool. I saw the setup for the fight, and I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, when I saw, you know, Ahsoka pop the two lightsabers, and then Maul pop the double-bladed one, I was like, ooh, this is good. This choreography is good. This is going to be good. That's going to be a good fight. Yeah. I mean, it could be the the final lightsaber duel of the Clone Wars series, right? So I'd, I'd hope they knock it out of the park. And they did some a really cool lightsaber duel shit in the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah. Some really cool stuff. So, Do you think... So the last time Maul saw Ahsoka is when she got ripped into the world beyond worlds, right? Well, that's in Rebels. Or was that Vader? That Vader sees that happen, and that's in Rebels, which is years and years later. That's so right. he sees her during the Siege of Mandalore. I assume, probably rightfully so, that she defeats him and he tucks tail and runs or whatever. And then probably Order 66 goes down. She has to escape. I imagine that's what we'll see is... Probably the last few minutes or last episode of the Clone Wars will be Ahsoka escaping Order 66 and going into hiding. And then eventually she links up with the Rebellion and becomes uh, Fulcrum. 
in Rebels, and then, you know, she does all that stuff. They go to Malachor, Maul's there, he blinds Kanan, Vader shows up, World Between Worlds. He does refer to her as um, Lady Tano. Maul does, refers to Ahsoka as Lady Tano when he runs into her in Rebels. So, to me, that that almost signifies some sort of respect on his part, right? Like, Oh, yes, respect or familiarity. So, I'm ex- expecting her to whip his ass, and that'll be glorious. <coughs> I mean, you really just want Ahsoka to win no matter what. I mean, I mean who doesn't, right? Like, right. Everyone's pulling for Ahsoka. Yeah, she's the shit. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping this shit goes like is received very well, and then Hot Toys is like, you know what we're gonna do? Clone Wars Hot Toys, <laughs> and I can maybe get an Ahsoka Hot Toy. That'd be cool. That would be. I just hope they don't do the Hot Topic Mandalorians because I have to get one because it's a fucking Mandalorian. All right. Uh, so I think that does, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on from the Clone Wars trailer? Oh, I can't believe I forgot, fucking forgot this. So one thing to add is there is a scene with them all around like the war table or whatever, you know, the hologram war table. Yeah. And in that scene, you see Jedi master. I'm going to fuck this up. Depa Balaba. Okay. She is Kanan's jedi master okay and standing next to her is a young man who we got we have to assume that's caleb doom later to be known as kanan really didn't do much to change that name did he oh uh, it's not the same it's definitely not the same it's good enough close enough what was what's Cara dune's full name Corinth Cara Rinthia Dune or some shit like that. Moff yeah. Gideon says it in the, in that last episode of The Mandalorian. And when he said that shit, my brain goes, oh, you're never going to be able to pronounce that. <laughs> People are going to be correcting you on that for years. <coughs> it's like how... <coughs> it's like how Lando's full name is Landonis. I see. I, I'm. I'm gonna fuck it up. It's I like, didn't know Lando was short for anything. Landonis well, Calrissian. Well, you remember in um, Solo, right? When okay, they're walking to the ship and he's talking shit about L three, and she turns around and she's like, Landonis something Calrissian. Don't you dare! I can't remember the exact words. Um, I think that was the first time they dropped that. And I then, need to watch Solo because it's been a minute. It's been a minute for me too. I actually ended up skipping over it and Rogue One in my pre uh, episode nine rewatch. Yeah, uh, just because for time and like yeah, those honestly have been the two that I've found myself going back to least thus far. Don't dislike either movie by any means. They're just the ones I go back to least. Um, well, they don't naturally fit in the order. Well, I mean, I think that you can make a compelling argument that Rogue One does, for sure, because it... You can place them chronologically. Right. But as the flow of the story goes, they don't naturally flow with all the other movies. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And honestly, 
as much as I enjoyed both of those movies, I don't feel like either of them gave me anything that I was like, oh, I'm dying to see this in Star Wars, you know? Um, but that's obviously a matter of personal taste and preference. I enjoy right. them both fine, but I was never like, uh, well, I can't say that. I can't say that for sure. Because I definitely always wondered what the Kessel run was all about and how Han got the Falcon and things like that. And then how Han and Chewie met. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's fair. All right. Well, you want to move on over and uh, do some emails and some voicemails and wrap this up? Let's do it. Okay. So first up, we have a voicemail from our buddy King Tom. Let's hear what he has to say. <coughs> oh, don't you give me technical technical don't difficulties? Do don't tonight, you do it. Tonight is not the night. I am not you. What are you doing? Oh my God! Ah! Hey there, Haas and Will. Great episode last week got me thinking especially your discussion about the sith and it kind of gave me a new idea slash theory i've been working with in my head we all know that as as far back as aftermath it was established that palpatine sent ships and people and uh, equipment out into the unknown regions uh, he believed that the source of his power derived from something out there that that was a line from aftermath and we all thought that he used this to explore the unknown regions and to establish the First Order, which, after the Rise of Skywalker, is still true. But the Rise of Skywalker kind of added something to it where, well, he was sending things specifically to Exegol to build the Final Order Sith Empire fleet, whatever we want to call it. And that, that all is still valid, but it gave me a new theory. What if, as far back as before The Phantom Menace... Sheev Palpatine's big plan was to become Chancellor, use the Clone Wars to divide the galaxy, to make the Jedi appear as enemies of the peace, to drive the galaxy towards accepting an empire. Then he would rule that empire for however many years, maybe 50 sounds like a good number, if you ask me. Then he would have this fleet out, this huge, massive fleet, Sith fleet, 
out in the unknown regions in on Exegol. And all of a sudden, one day, they would come in as his Sith Empire to completely turn the Galactic Empire, formerly the Old Republic, into a true Sith Empire. Because you would have all those, those ships, all those troopers supplant almost the Imperial fleet just as the, the stormtroopers replaced the, the clone troopers, you would kind of have these guys take over and the Galactic Empire would become a true Sith Empire. Of course, there would only be one ruler, Sheev Palpatine, Darth Sidious. Maybe he would have an apprentice. But, but he would have all of these people devoted to the Sith to enforce his rule. Even more than, you know, the, the already um, cooperative... Imperial Stormtroopers, Imperial Army, Navy, enforce his rule. It's just an idea I've been kicking around, but what do you think about that? Because it works that way much more than just a, oh, he has a backup plan in case he dies, his followers out there will revive him. Well, of course they did that anyway, because they were out there anyway. Anyway, like I said, just a, just a theory, and I, I blame you guys for it, so thank you. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast. I will talk with you later. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me. Uh, I actually really like that idea, to be honest. I do too. Like, what would be more appealing to, to old Sheev Palpatine than not just his own empire, right, but his own Sith loyalist empire? Acolytes. Yeah, like a whole empire ruled by people not just loyal to the empire, but loyal to the ideals of the Sith. Like I, I'm, I would imagine that's probably pretty appealing to some like someone like old Sheev. And also, even though this stuff isn't necessarily considered canon anymore, like has some neat imp, uh, parallels to like the Sith empire from the old Republic and things like that, you know, like, yeah, that could be really cool. Um, I really like that idea. If all, Pablo Hidalgo stops writing um, visual dictionaries. Psh, I got a hearty recommendation for someone to pick it up, and that's Mr. King Tom. He's good he at making. Some, he's good at connecting some threads and stuff like that. He totally could do that job. He could. I think it would be fucking phenomenal. And if people started shit and talk, uh, talking talking on the internet, I'd be that dude that's like, "Don't you say that about my friend." Not about my buddy King Tom. He's a good man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Looking forward to the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker. See if it offers any more insight to that sort of thing. Because that seems like a good opportunity, right? To do that sort of thing. It does. <clears throat> and I know that'll rub people the wrong way. And I understand. Like... I love I love sitting down and reading the visual dictionaries and stuff after the movies comes out and and like seeing all the little connections and explanations and things um but those shouldn't be essential reading to understand things and to a certain extent it maybe even to a large extent man I am like a fucking shelter dog when it comes to talking about the rise of skywalker i feel like just slightly trying to say something positive about it is gonna get i'm i'm the pylon now let's open up this fucking pit
Oh my goodness. Um, what, what are you saying? Well, I'm just saying a. This isn't even necessarily positive, but I'm saying that certain elements of the Rise of Skywalker, uh, the visual dictionary is kind of essential reading, and I don't think it should be. I think those sh those should add like garnish and spice to the story, not necessarily meat and potatoes. Yeah, tell you what you were missing. All right, um. Let's go ahead and hear from our buddy, Utah, Dougie. Haven't heard from Dougie in a little bit. Hey, Osnwell, Blue Harvesters, this is Dougie. Just was thinking about um, the rise of Skywalker at the end when uh, Rey is facing off against Emperor Palpatine and how he wants to complete a Sith ritual to... Um, transfer his essence or the essence of all of the Sith into her. Um, and I do know that uh, he asked Luke to do to strike him down in anger as well. Um, was that part of a similar plan in Return of the Jedi? Um, was he going to attempt to transfer um, whatever powers he had to Luke in being struck down? Or was that just an exclusive plan with his granddaughter, with his um, power to be transferred? That was just a quick question. I was thinking, wondering what the Blue Harvesters thought of that, Haas and Will. And, uh, anyways, love the podcast. Keep it up. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Dougie. I think they're two separate things. Um, uh, I think... Him wanting Luke to strike him down in anger is more. I think Pal uh, uh, Snoke said that no. to Luke. Uh, Palpatine says that to Luke in yeah. Re Return of the Jedi. And I think what he's wanting him to do is strike him down. I think he knows Vader or hopes that Vader is going to stop him from doing it. What, what Palpatine wants in Return of the Jedi, if I had to guess, is he wants Luke to strike, try to strike him down in anger, which would be to tap into the dark side, Vader intervenes, Luke kills Vader, and then takes his place as Palpatine's apprentice. Having given in to the dark side. Right. Now, with Rey in The Rise of Skywalker, I think he does want her, her to strike him down in anger to complete the ritual so he can transfer his essence and the all the Sith to her. Uh, and who knows, maybe it has something to do with the fact that she is his descendant. Maybe it, he can only do that because she is his descendant or something. Maybe that's how the ritual works. Once again, not very well explained, but... Sith Sith rituals, Sith magic. Yeah, and, and that's one of those things I honestly, that part of it, I'm fully fine with trying to put the pieces together myself. I feel like there's enough there for you to figure it out. You yeah. know? Um other things, not so much. But that one in particular, I feel like is is easy enough to connect the dots on. All right. Let's move it on. Sorry if we're blowing through these guys. I'm sick. Next up, we got one from our buddy Jim. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Halls and Will. I got a hypothetical for you. 
So you guys are driving down the street. All of a sudden, Boba Fett shows up out of nowhere, tears the top of your car off with some laser lasso that you didn't even know that he had. And then he goes for Hawes. But Will, using his whisking hand, rips a part of his jetpack off, knowing it's Boba's weakness. And Boba flies off to, like, the side of the... On a, on a cliff, okay? Certain death, hanging... Uh, in the balance and uh, Hawes and Will you guys go over you're like man your outfit is so cool I just gotta save you even though you got you tried to kill me and then you pull him up to safety and he, he says one year and he gives you one year he disappears he just runs off uh, or jumps in the ship and uh what do you do for that one year? Do you prepare yourself or do you just say, oh, I'm done after this. So I'll just, uh, you know, say my goodbyes for the next year. What would you guys Die? do? That's all I'm asking. All right. Ignite the game. Buddy. In the words of John Bon Jovi, I go down in a blaze of glory. I'm telling you right now, that year would be. The montage Nin- from Rocky Four. I was about to say 1980s training montage is what Fuck that year was. Yeah. Dude, I'd be like um, swinging on the parallel bars, getting my arm strength up more, doing pull ups. Um, I'm going to set traps I'll in my be house. ripping phone books in half with his bare hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the Power Squad or whatever that show was called. Yeah. He'd be laying on a bed of nails and getting somebody to bust cement blocks on his stomach with a sledgehammer um and then you know what else i do i start setting traps in my house right and i'm not talking about little homie from uh home alone traps because not not inconvenience you traps i was talking like shotgun rigged to a door uh, handle exactly i'm talking because i'm here to tell you most people won't acknowledge this because they're all like, oh, Home Alone's a classic. I totally agree. I'm not saying it's not. But they got that idea from the last 20 minutes of A Nightmare on Elm Street when Nancy Thompson sets all kinds of traps up in her house, Home Alone style, but deadly for Freddy Krueger. Because her plan is, oh, I'm going to go to sleep and then I'm going to grab him. And I'm going to wake up and pull Freddy Krueger into the real world. And then my house is going to be full of traps. She puts like gunpowder and light bulbs and shit, right? Yeah. And then when she turns the light on, they they blow up and shit. That's what I'm doing. So Boba comes to my house. He's dealing with Nancy Thompson traps. That's what happens. And then I beat him and I take his Mandalorian armor and I go to Comic-Con and have a good time. (laughs) People would be like, and then I thought you were going to say, and then I bounty hunt the galaxy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, then I go to Comic Con. <laughs> then I go to Comic Con. A bunch of high fives and a incredibly accurate Boba Fett armor. And then one day you're sitting at your house, right? Maybe you're playing a little Xbox, maybe watching a little anime. Your house starts shaking, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" And you go outside. It's it's late. It's like two in the morning. Bright light. All above your house. You're like, oh shit, it's finally happening. The greys are coming to get me. No, man, it's me and Slave One. You want to go on a ride? Hell yeah, I want to go on a ride. Let's go, buddy. We're going to Comic Con. (laughs) 
Man, we would be the talk of Comic-Con if we showed up in a slave, too. <laughs> They'd be like, how, how did they do this? We'd have Elon Musk frozen in carbonite, and we'd defrost him on the stage in front of everybody. And then, like, somebody get mad, right? Somebody get mad, they'd see my Slave 1 and get super jealous of my badass screen-accurate Boba Fett costume. It's only screen-accurate because I took it from Boba Fett. <laughs> let's pile on this mother let's open up this pit and then Hawes uh, does the forearm thing and the jet the fire jet comes out of the forearm <sighs> of the armor we'd be like five people got burnt to crisp at comic con holy when... shit it was real the armor was real <laughs> Hawes takes off in the jet pack <laughs> peace out alright uh, let's get some emails <coughs> <clears throat> enough of our cinema of the mind <laughs> next up uh, we got one from our buddy steve hey guys with the rumor that jar jar is going to be making an appearance in the upcoming obi-wan series i was wondering if you could come up with a best case and worst case scenario for how his character could be used i'm thinking ba best case bail and sabe are using jar jar as a go-between obi-wan as they search for four sensitive children Obviously, the much better Lucasfilm writers would do this much better than I could. Worst case, he's hanging out around Obi-Wan's hut, breaking stuff with Anakin's lightsaber. Please, please be as weird and crazy with this as you can. Well, buddy, I don't know how much that uh, rumor applies after today, but we can get silly with it. You want to get silly with it, Will? How do you... I can, I can get weird. I'll give you weird and best case scenario. Do it for me. Best case scenario, he is the sad clown that he was made out to be, uh, but instead of all the children hating him, all the children love him. So just a random uh, shot of Naboo with kids adoring Jar Jar. And his clown-like ways. And being like, he's the best. He's the best. Okay, what's yeah. silly? Silly, um... He shows up on Tatooine mm -hmm. and buffoons his way into saving the day of Obi-Wan Kenobi, saving his ass, and ends up becoming a general in Jabba the Hutt's uh, personal oh, shit. cadre of bounty hunters in Jabba's palace. Um, okay, best case scenario for Jar Jar, if he were to be in the Obi-Wan series... Would be, um, and he could be that sad clown on Tatooine. It doesn't have to be on Naboo. He, see, I like where Steve's going with this. Is that like, not necessarily that he's some kind of go between or force sensitive children are involved, but for some reason, Jar Jar needs to find Obi Wan. Something important, something big. I it's I can't think. Of a personal reason why, but he has to go to Bale because Bale is the only one who knows where Jar Jar is, and he and Bale are tight because you know reasons. Jar Jar was cool with Padme, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Bale tells Jar Jar, "Hey, he's hanging out on Tatooine. You should go look for him there." And he shows up and relays whatever information. It gets, um, you know, it meets Obi-Wan. There's a big, like, 
uh, heartwarming moment where they see each other again. He calls him Obi. Obi! Oh my goodness. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. We're knocking this series up to six episodes again. Um, worst case scenario. Uh, Obi-Wan wakes up one day in his little hut on Tatooine. He, uh, he's like, man, I need a drink. So he walks to Moss Eisley, right? Goes into the cantina. He, uh, elbows up to the bar, gets a drink from Wooher, right? Sitting there sipping it. And he, what does he hear from behind him? That's right, Jar Jar. Jar Jar's in the cantina. Why? They never explain it. He's just there. Misa, muy, muy, happy to see you. And he's all talking about, like, uh, talking way too loud about how Obi-Wan is a Jedi, and he's, like, asking to see his lightsaber and shit. He's and a bombad Jedi with a <laughs> laser sword. And Obi-Wan's, like, trying to be like, dude, keep that shit down. I'm trying to lay low. And he's like, uh, whatever happened to Anakin's kids? He's, like, being way loud about it. He won't shut up. And Obi-Wan's like, dude, you gotta be quiet. And Jar Jar's being so loud and so disruptive that Obi-Wan has no choice but to lead him out into the desert and just leave him there. Dude, they didn't tell Jar Jar Binks any of that stuff. I know. They, they treated him saying. like it was a kid. We're talking, they worst were like, case what scenario. What happened to Padme? <laughs> she went to sleep. She went Aww. to she we she went to live on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> with a bunch of other Padmes where she can run around and be free. <laughs> I wasn't talking likely. We're talking worst case scenario here. No, I know. I'm joking around with you. All right. Next up, we've got uh, an email from Willis. <coughs> he says, Ahoy, hoy. Uh, as you mentioned last week, it's interesting to wonder who the bad guys will be in the High Empire. How would you feel about a movie that's similar to Training Day, but with a Padawan learner discovering their master's dabble in the dark side? I've never seen that movie. The only references I know from Training Day are from that one Dave Chappelle skit. So far, you're probably Is thinking... Ethan Hawke and Denzel, right? Right. And doesn't he I've make him that, smoke yeah. PCP in that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you like to get wet. Um, let's see how far we can push that. While the Padawan would be Yoda himself, the rogue Jedi would be a motherfucking yak face. He would compliment his yak-like face with 37 yak-themed catchphrases, include yakety yak, don't come back, somebody's getting yak tonight, and you don't know the power of the yak side. The bad yak would, <laughs> would be the first Jedi to wear a black leather robe and sunglasses. He would also possess a mini lightsaber to light his space marlboros, of which he would smoke many. May the force be with you. So he's basically uh, old Joel Cool, right? Wasn't that the camel? Camel? Um, this particular Sylvester Stallone character, Cobra, comes to mind. He Cobra. had these Cobra-handed pistols, and he had like this black leather jacket. I think he didn't even wear a shirt under the open leather jacket. Sunshades. I don't think I've ever seen Cobra. Oh, dude. I probably have and just don't remember it all that well. But damn, that I say we, t I love this idea. We take that and we cross it with Willis's idea. But instead of having Cobra handled pistols, Yak Face, the Yak Face Jedi has 
yak face handled lightsabers. He's a dual wielder, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And he smokes death sticks, which are Star Wars cigarettes. We're getting there. I love this. I mean, I think this just requires, you know what? And we work this. If we don't put it in the High Republic, you know where we put this? Where? We put this in the Obi-Wan series. Seven episodes now, baby. We're getting up there. We may have yeah, to I split don't... this bitch into two seasons, my dude. Lucasfilm's going to be calling us tomorrow. I hope you're ready. Keep your day open. Oh, if they want to call me and fly me out to uh, to San Francisco for a story meeting, like, guys, send the ticket. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's like in, uh, you know, in Revenge of the Sith when... Uh, when Anakin goes to confront Palpatine about being a Sith and he's like, use my power to say, help, let me help you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Before uh, old Mace Windu and all those jokers go in to confront him. That would be me like, use my power. I know this dude, Willis. He's a wealth of ideas. What do you guys feel about a road trip movie where two guys... Get attacked by Boba Fett. I think we got something. <laughs> I think we got something. The brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Sell it'll sell millions. Cut to uh, the next uh, episode of uh, Access Hollywood. I don't even know if that shit's on anymore. And they were like, they thought it couldn't be done. They thought there couldn't be a bigger Star Wars bomb than Solo, a Star Wars story. Well, Boba Fett road trip. Released this week to a worldwide box office of $17. Closely followed the next week by the direct to VHS. <laughs> Why VHS? We don't know. Road Trip, road trip Boba Fett Boogaloo 2. <laughs> Star Wars is dead and we have this man to blame for it. And it's a picture of me looking all confused. And then, like, a metal dude in the background be like, let's open up this pit. All right. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got uh, an email from Jet. Greeting Halls and Will and Blue Harvest fam. I've been listening to your podcast since last October during the build-up to episode 9. I've made it to episode 83 plus the current ones and have had a blast listening. Thank you for being so positive and loving of all things Star Wars. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I have a question for the show that relates to the nature of the Jedi. Throughout the movies and the stories, both canon and EU, we have seen the Jedi act as keepers of the peace, but little has been written as to what the Jedi Order was originally built upon. I can't imagine the first Jedi thought they needed to go around policing everyone. What would the Jedi do with their time if they weren't peacekeepers? Maybe they wouldn't need lightsabers at all and would use kyber crystals for some other purpose. Or the crystals could just be their buddies that they keep in a Jin Erso style necklace. I don't know. Sorry if my questions sound like a stone shower thought. It is. But it's something I've been thinking about since I played Fallen Order. Your friend from the forest island of Fidalgo, Jet Rider. Fidalgo. That is either completely made up. Or that is an island off the coast of Washington State. I don't know why I have this piece of trivia in my head. Was it a 
did Jesse and I watch an episode of Jeopardy Lisa recently where that was the answer to a question? Why do I have this? We'll have to look that up in a second. So something that I've always kind of wondered, and maybe it was explored in the EU and I'm just not familiar with it, but at one po- at what point did the Jedi Order and the Republic sort of become intertwined? You know what I mean? Like at one point, you would have to imagine that the Jedi sort of started off as like a monastic religious order to an effect, right? I always come back to the idea that they're wizard monks, right? So I imagine them, if they're not peacekeepers, cloistered in a temple. Right. On some remote location, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, doing what Luke was doing. Uh, I don't know if you call that an ascetic lifestyle, where like the bare minimums, you know, you do your hunting, your fishing, your gathering, and you pray, and you meditate, and you cast, you know, your spells, i.e., you know, you, you experiment with the Force, and attuning to the force and becoming one with the force and divining the forces future past and present and having visions and basically just a monk, a monastery, a monastery for, you know, research and reflection. (coughs) Yeah. But at some point the Jedi, you know, sort of organized, right. And became a thing. And then you would have to imagine the Republic was like, damn, these dudes are powerful. They got some kind of mystic powerful. They're powerful. They're wise. They got laser swords, I guess. And you would imagine that that wouldn't be uh, a, an appealing ally to your government, government, right? I can imagine the Jedi begrudgingly being asked, agreeing to be diplomats. Right. Mediators. Right. And from there you arrive at some some forces and some people can't be mediated with they resort to violence regardless and violence if you're not going to be killed begets violence in, mm-hmm. in order to defend yourself martially you have to be slightly you have to have show force and be violent yourself so i and you know i understand monks being trained in self defense only you know that's you know right. exists in our world as well Yeah, I just wonder how that relationship came about, right? I think there's an interesting story to tell there. Don't know that it's sure there is. I don't know that it's uh, worthy of a movie necessarily, but like a book or a comic. And I'm trying to remember. It's been. I need to go back and read Tales of the Jedi again. I do like to revisit that from time to time because I like it so much. But yeah, I'm pretty sure the Jedi are already associated with the old Republic at that point. Um, I don't think it's called the Old Republic. I think it's called the Republic in those. But well, from what I know, Jedi used swords and lightsabers before they were, you know, galactic peacekeepers. Yeah, there's that comic series that I've I've never read. It's another thing that I would like to go back and check out called Dawn of the Jedi. That I do think sort of details sort of the beginning of the Jedi, and they do use swords. Instead of sabers, I believe. Right. Um, and by the way, Jesse texted me, right? Because she heard right. that little conversation. And I was right. Fidalgo Island is an island in Skagit County, Washington, 
located about 60 miles north of Seattle. Well, hot diggity dog. Hot diggity damn. Look at me. That'd be the only question I got right on fucking Jeopardy. They'd be like, this island is located approximately 60 miles. Or wait, no. Uh, Yeah, this island is below. And I'm do, 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 do. What it, I, I'd be like, uh, Fidalgo Island. And the, you must uh, phrase that answer in the form of a question. Uh, what is Fidalgo Island? Only question I get right. Ooh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and for me, it'd be, what is Hidalgo the horse? <laughs> I went to see that shit in the theater. It's got Vigo Mortensen in it. It sure does. Probably the same horse from Lord of the Rings. You know, you love that damn horse so much you bought it. Yeah, I know. It's like um, Adam Sandler adopted the bulldog from, was it Little Nicky? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we're right. We got one more email, then we'll wrap this up tonight. Thanks to everybody for writing in. You guys yeah. really help us out on the slower weeks. Not that this was a slower week, but uh, this comes from... Uh, well, it says it comes from Sith Lord Cookie. Hey, Halls and Will, long time listener, first time writer. With the explosion of Duel of the Fates script and concept leaks happening this week, I was really curious to hear your thoughts and opinions on the Star Wars that could have been. If you could pick any one item from the script or concept art, what would it be and why? P.S. What kind of music does Will listen to? I was wondering if he's a metalhead like me and you, Halls. You guys make my Sunday morning at work keep up the best pod in the world. Your friend from Florida, Kyler, a.k.a. Rogue Leader. Thanks for writing in, buddy. I'd like to hear from you some more. So before we get into that stuff, we kind of covered the leaked Trevorrow stuff a little bit last week. But what do you think, Will? What, what's, what kind of music do you like? Uh, I like metal. Uh, I don't listen to it as much as I used to. But uh, mostly I listen to classic rock. Yeah. The, uh, the Holland Notes, the Journey, the you know, Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, Pink Floyd. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The good stuff. I can't help. I, I know that may be a little before my time. Oh, well. But, uh, you know, I probably should be listening to music of my age, but. <laughs> Buddy. I don't know about all that. Tend to be a classic rock guy. Um, okay. So, I don't really know about the Colin Trevorrow stuff. It doesn't seem good to me. That's my um, personal opinion. It would have been all right, is what I think. Yeah. My main story element, and I, I talked about this last week, that I would have brought over from the Colin Trevorrow stuff is Rose actually having something to do in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To me, that's the one thing that's And some of the Luke and Leia training together stuff. I really like that. Um, From the concept art, the one idea, and this is simply from like a a toy collector, uh, is the idea of Kylo not reforging his old mask, but getting a completely new mask. That maybe looked even more like Darth Vader's mask. Yeah, and, and I think that could have been cool. And it would also, you know, have given the opportunity for some cool toys and collectibles and things like that. But I also like Kylo's mask in Revenge of the Sith. I think it looks neat with, like, the red 
um, flex seal or whatever it was that they used to fix his mask. I think it looks neat, but it, I also don't think the opportunity to have uh, a new mask would have been bad. I think they could have done something cool with that. Um, yeah. But that really, that's the two elements from that. Well, I take that back. Uh, seeing Coruscant again would have been cool. Uh, just because I like that location so much. And it was one that before the prequels came out and after seeing that brief glimpse of it in the special edition of Return of the Jedi, I was all about like, oh, we're finally going to see Coruscant, right? And it was cool to finally see. And I just, I don't know, I guess I kind of assumed it would play some role in the sequel trilogy. So that would have, you know, that would have been neat. Yeah. Um, that's really about it. Um, do you have any of the other stuff? No. Yeah, that's about where I fall with it, too. No. Oh, you you said everything that I um, agree. All righty. Well, I guess that does it for us this week. Um, thanks for recording with me, buddy. Dude, thanks for letting me record with you. Uh... Guys, if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Leave us a five-star review if you haven't already on iTunes. Um, that helps us out a lot. And uh, until next week, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>